thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome to Jesus the Healer. We are so glad that you're joining us. And I'm so grateful for the word. I know you're grateful for the word. It rewrites the story of our life. And I don't care how your life started. You write the finish of it based on what the word offers you. Amen. And, uh, you know, my husband, he, uh, he was raised in a home of mental illness. He was raised in a home of alcoholism, but his ending was not that. He took the word and he rewrote everything about his life. And not only that, he helped rewrite the story of his family. He helped rewrite the story of multitudes of people who heard the word because that's what the word does for you. When you feed on that word and become a doer of the word, it rewrites everything and uh, it gives us the best life. Aren't you grateful for the word? I mean, it gives us the best life. <laughs> not just by vow, not if I could say it, not just by appreciating the word, but by living it. There are a lot of people that appreciate the word, but it's got to be the word lived, doing the word. Yes. and saying, you know what? This is my lifestyle. Yes. This word is my lifestyle. I'm not, just, I'm not just embracing this word with my affections. I'm embracing it with the actions of my life. Amen. Amen. Um, I've been taking the last several weeks and we've been ministering out of my book called Victory Over Grief and Sorrow. You know, <clears throat> I, I don't know. I probably, I have over 20 books right now about, I don't know, 23, 24. I'm not sure of the count. But God said something to me years ago. He said, when I want you to write a book, I have to teach it to you. And uh, I would dare to say I'm so grateful that he's taught me victory in the face of grief and sorrow. That's not just a book. That's something that that I've lived out in my life. And I want you to know that your victory that belongs to you in Christ is far greater than any grief offered you, any sorrow, any disappointment, any depression, any opposition. The victory that he's made yours is far greater, not just barely greater, far greater. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. When we've been raised and seated with Christ in heavenly places, I want you to know that's far above, far above all demons, all evil powers, all all principalities, power, might, and dominion, uh, far above, not barely above. That's what I want you to know. You're you're not just barely in front of opposition. You're far in front of it. If you'll stay in the flow of victory of the word, amen. Amen. But um, this word, this, this living word that we preach, your faith is what converts it to power in your life. That it's not just words on a page, it's power in your life when you add your faith to it. Remember what it tells us in Hebrews, it says that the word preached, talking about to those Hebrews that were delivered out of Egypt, Mm -hmm. 
It said the, the word was preached unto them as well as unto us, but it didn't benefit them. Why? Look, it, really, it, it didn't benefit them? Why? They didn't mix faith. It was no benefit to them because they didn't mix faith with that word. That word has to be mixed with your faith for, to benefit your life. Amen. And thank God we're doing that, aren't we? We're learning that because, uh, yes, the Lord loves you, but we still have to mix faith. We still have to mix faith with that word for it to do its wonder working power in our life. Um, so I'm taking, as I said, God said to me, when I want you to write a book, I have to teach it to you. I'm taking what he's taught me about our total victory, our complete victory over grief and sorrow. And we're teaching you that because throughout this, this broadcast, I have um, referred to in the different episodes, my husband's unexpected home going. How did our family handle that? How did, how did it affect us? What was the mindset? Uh, because thank God by his power, we didn't falter. Yes. We didn't miss a step. Right. We didn't lose the momentum of faith during that season. Yes. Nothing was lost of the plan of God Amen. at that season. Amen. Amen. God knows how to keep us from yes. losing anything. Yes. Amen. Um, many people fear and dread times of opposition, but they're not to be feared and dreaded because your victory is so, it's so, it's so far reaching yes. that it's far more than enough for any season of opposition you'll ever face. Never face the future afraid. Never go to bed afraid. Never go to bed worried. Amen. Be certain. But we do have to know something. I said we do have to know the word, and that's why we're taking the time to share these things with you. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4 says that surely he, talking about Jesus, has borne our griefs and sorrows. Listen, look at this word, surely. Yes. It is a certain accomplished fact, a truth that he has already borne it. Why? So you don't have to bear any of it. That's right. That's Refuse right. to bear what he already bore. Why? You're not capable. Right. You are. You and I are not capable yes. of bearing grief and sorrow. It will take the life. It will, it will take us off course. Right. It will diminish what God's provided for us. It will hinder our faith. And uh, so he bore it and it took the Godhead to bear it. That's how devastating grief and sorrow is in the life of the believer or the life of anybody. Um, it's, it's a devastation, but we're delivered from it. Amen. I never for a moment at my husband's home going thought that I had to enter into a life of grief and sorrow. I never for a moment thought that that was going to color the rest of my life. I will not let an event of opposition color my life. It's not painting one thing on the stroke of the canvas of my life. Not going to do it. Amen. The word writes my story. Amen. So you're authorized to never grieve or sorrow. Uh, now, I don't, I don't mean to say and I don't mean to imply and I don't want people to think I'm saying that at a time of opposition, you know, at a time when someone exits your life, you may, you may weep. That doesn't mean you've entered in, into a spirit of grief and sorrow, that you've gotten into the wrong flow. That means that these, these events, may you're, you're touched with the feelings of those events, but you're not entrenched in those feelings. And there's a difference. Amen. We don't get entrenched in a wrong flow. That's right. um, 
I, I so appreciate what we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, Paul is writing. And after he had listed all the opposition he had faced in his life, he said this, he says, for our light affliction. Listen to that. What kind of man calls beatings and stonings and shipwreck and persecution by men on every side? What kind of man calls that a light affliction? A man with the spirit of faith, a man who thinks in line with the word, a man who's drawing on something other than himself. He's drawing on the power of God, the grace of God, the ability of God, the might of God. Amen. It authors us to put different adjectives around our life. We're not calling things hard and dark. Right. They are light and easy. Right. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Don't call anything of life hard. Amen. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. The way of the believer who's in faith and standing on the word, he's not going to live a hard life. That's right. That's right. What, what's hard is when we don't know the word. Yeah. That's what's hard. <laughs> uh, what's hard is when we're not renewing our minds with the word of God. But as we feed on the word and take on the thoughts of the word and bring our thinking in line with the word, it turns things light and easy. That's why Paul, in the face of all the opposition, he called it a light affliction. And he said, which is but for a moment, meaning this, this is not going to define my life. This is not going to define my future. And then he goes on and he's, he's even bolder. And he says, all these things, they're working for me. They're working for me. They're my servants. They're working for me. What is it? He's saying these afflictions, they elevated me. They lifted me, what, into another flow of God's ability, God's glory. I was able to draw on the flow of God, the ability of God. Notice he said they're working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Not only are we going to be rewarded when we get to heaven for holding to God's plan and his word, but while we're here on earth, that same glory elevates us, brings us into a greater flow of the power of God. So uh, if I could say this, opposition is to lift into more. Not more of the devil's flow, but more of God's flow. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, Then I want you to see this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. We were looking at this at the end of our previous episode, but I want to go back and look at it again because I want to say some more things about this. I love this verse. Amen. I would encourage you to make this verse important in your life. But Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, the Amplified Classic Translation. Paul's sitting in a dark place. He's sitting in prison when he writes these words. But he says, I have learned how to be content. Mm -hmm. Now, when he says the word content, he's not saying content with everything. Mm -hmm. He's saying content in everything. Don't be content with with sickness. Don't be content with lack. When those things come to try to unsettle you and you stay in faith, then uh, you're not going to be disturbed. No matter what shows up. He says, for I have learned how to be content. You got to learn that. Not with things, in things. When you're opposed... For I have learned how to be content, satisfied to the point where I'm not disturbed or disquieted. Mm -hmm. 
What's that mean? For the rest of our life, we never have to be disturbed by anything that opposes us. Amen. It doesn't mean things won't oppose us. It means they won't get our attention. They will not take us off the rails. They will not take us off course. Notice he said this, I have learned. You have to learn this by practicing it. Mm-hmm. Practicing holding your attention on the right thing. Mm-hmm. Amen. He said, I learned while he's sitting in that prison, I've learned how to be content. Yes. Not disturbed, not disquieted in whatever state I am. I don't care. It, he didn't have to be in, if I could say this, the positive feeling. Right. He didn't have to be uh, released from prison before he's content. Yes. He says, I've learned how to enter into a contentedness in the wrong place (laughs) while I'm sitting in a wrong place. Amen. Amen. This is the mastery of faith where nothing troubles, unsettles, frightens, or disturbs you. Practice that. Practice that. Paul wasn't waiting to get out of prison before he was peaceful. Paul wasn't waiting to get out of prison before he was in faith. That's right. He says, I've learned how to be content here. I exited before the door opened. Amen. I exited this, this situation before the door opened. Why? I'm focused on something greater. Yeah. What his attention is on. Yes. That's, that's what faith is all about. What's your attention on? Right. What is your attention on? The circumstance or what God's already said he is, he's provided for you. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's what the spirit of faith will do for you. It will hold you in total peace when you are completely surrounded mm-hmm. by the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Amen. Now that's victory. Yes. Yes. Victory is not the wrong thing leaving you alone. Mm-hmm. The victory is the wrong thing surrounding you and you don't even notice. Yeah. <laughs> you don't care. You don't care. Why? Because that doesn't change the greater one that's in me, that's That's working for me. Amen. 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 Psalm chapter 23, verse 5. Psalm 23, verse 5, the psalmist says this, Thou preparest a table before me is in the presence of mine enemies. Look at this. Why can Paul sit in a prison and say, I'm content while I'm here? Not that he's not content to be there. He's content while he's there. How can Paul say that? Because there's a table spread. Mm -hmm. Meaning this, God didn't clean off the table just because the devil showed up. He stocked the table. While we're on this earth, Satan is present. Mm -hmm. Demons are present. So what? So So what? Being present doesn't mean they've won. They're still defeated even though they're present. Let's say you you take a sports team and they win the highest title uh, that they're, that they could achieve in their sport. Let's say another team comes out and says, we're going to play them. It doesn't take their title from them. Amen. That team that they beat to win that title, uh, just because that team is still, it's a ho- let's say it's a hockey team, just because that team is still on the ice doesn't mean that now their victory is, is, is compromised. Right. I don't care who's on, we, we the winners. We the winners. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. 
Amen. And a challenging team showing up does not make me less of a winner. That's what I'm trying to show you. Just because opposition showed up doesn't diminish your victory. Amen. Amen. And and the win is not up for debate. Why? Because Jesus won the victory. There's no no comeback. (laughs) The devil is not the comeback kid. Amen. Amen. And God, he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. We don't care that the lesser is there because the greater one has already set our destiny. I don't care that the lesser is there. Many times people are just waiting for wrong things to leave them alone. Wrong feelings, wrong thoughts. They're going to be there. They're going to be there. Why? Because the devil's present. He's under, he's working under Adam's lease. Right. There's gonna, he's got a right to be here. But there's going to be a day that he lose, that lease runs out and he will lose all contact with humanity. But until that time, he's present. But who cares? He's not your boss. You remember, you remember when you were a kid or even with your older brother and sister and they'd tell you what do? You're not the boss of me. Remember you say that? Every one of us sometimes said that. You're not the boss of me. Why did we lay that down when the devil started talking? We tell him, you're still not the boss of me. <laughs> I don't care how long you talk. You did, not, you did not get elevated in victory. You're still the loser. So we don't care what he says to us. We don't care. We don't care what we feel. He's still the loser. Uh, why? Here he says, David is showing us something prophetically. Uh, he, he's speaking by prophecy that God prepared a table before us in the presence of his enemies. What's that table? The table of the word. The table that your victory is on, your healing is on, your provision is on, your peace, your joy, yes. your, the answers for your life. It's stocked with the table. Yes. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Yes, the, the, table, the, the, the table is spread in this earth. He's not talking about the marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven on that table. He's talking about on this earth, there's a table prepared and it holds all of our victory. It's the victory of his word. And in that same room, this earth, that room of this earth, yes, there's demons present, but they're not at the table. That's right. God didn't give them a seat at victory. This is a victory table. Losers got to sit at the back, baby. Go to the back. (laughs) Victors sit at the table. And just because the one who lost, notice this, uh, the Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. You have to realize this. He does flee, but he talks the whole way he's leaving. (laughs) Why? That's what losers do. They're just throwing, they're just slamming talk. (laughs) Trying to, trying to, if I could say this, get into the mind of their opponent. They're trying to work on the mind of their opponent. Mm -hmm. Just because he's talking, ignore him. Amen. Amen. Why? Just stay at the table. Don't leave your seat at the table to get occupied with the defeated one behind you. Amen. Hallelujah. They're not going to leave you alone because they're present. But they don't have to get your attention. This is what Paul said. I've learned how to be content. I'm staying at the table. I don't care what kind of place I'm in. I don't care what kind of surrounding circumstances. It doesn't diminish my role at the victory. Amen. 
just know this, the enemy is worthy of, the, of one thing, being ignored. Amen. That's what he's worthy of. Amen. Amen. First John chapter 5 and verse 4 tells us, this is the victory yes. that overcome, look at this, overcometh the world. Why did he say that? Because the one who is present, Satan, he's in this world. But this is the victory that overcomes the world and everything in the world. Yes. What is it? Even our faith. Yes. Our faith. Yes. Meaning this, victory is yours, but it's waiting for your faith to show up to activate it. Oh, That's yeah. right. You know, you have a car. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. most of you have a car. Right. You understand... Uh, you have a car, uh, just because you have a car doesn't mean it's activated. You have to have a key. You have to have something on you that activates that car. Years ago, when my oldest son was probably about four years old, boy, that boy was busy. Woo, he was busy, 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 busy. He wasn't bad. He was busy. And one day I recognized my key was gone, my car key. And I'm, I'm the one that I put my stuff in a particular place. Then I don't have to go searching for it when I need it. It's in a place. I never gave my kids my purse to play in. No, 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 no. You're not playing it because everything in there I need. And if you touch it, I might not ever find it again. So I, ne- I always put things in a certain place. Well, evidently, he found that place, and he took that car key. That car was made in Germany. We had to send to Germany to get a key for that because we had something that we could not activate. We couldn't activate that, key, that car without the key. Two years later, when we were moving to a different house and I was going through every toy, and I looked, believe me, I looked through his toy box when I was searching for that key. I found it two years later when we were moving. I found it in a toy in the bottom of the toy box shoved up inside of a toy. (laughs) The key was there all along. But until I knew where it was, and how to apply it. Yes. What I owned didn't move. Wow. Yes. Victory yes. is ours, yes. but the key of faith has to be employed yes. to activate that victory. And that's what this means. This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I love something Sister Gloria Copeland says. She says, your victory is waiting for your faith to show up. What's that mean? It's our faith that activates it. And although victory belongs to us, we're the activators of that victory. Amen. Amen. When you add your faith to the word of God, the affliction only lasts a moment. I don't care how long the circumstance lasts, but it won't afflict you. It won't trouble you. It won't be a hardship for you. Amen. Amen. Victory isn't ours when the circumstances leave or change. Mm -hmm. Victory is ours right when they're breathing hot in our face. I don't care. I don't care what it says. Amen. 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 The circumstances will always line up if you'll hold to your victory. Amen. Amen. The mistake many make is they allow that which opposes them to get all their attention for a lot longer than a moment. Mm -hmm. For, For 
days, weeks, months, they get entrenched in their problem. That every conversation at the dinner table is colored by that opposition, by that circumstance. I love something uh, when Paul said that this light affliction, which is but for a moment, he's putting a timeline, a timeline in place. Don't let something trouble you longer than a moment because it only takes a moment to release your faith. Now in Psalm 30, let me read to you what the phrase is in Psalm 30, verse 5. It says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Listen, the psalm is written in Old Testament. Mm -hmm. New Testament's a better covenant. Here there's a timeline of a night. Mm -hmm. Under the new covenant, it's shortened to a moment. Not even a whole night. Not not losing sleep, in other words. We're not losing sleep over any circumstance, over any situation. We don't let it last more than a moment. Amen. Amen. Even under the old covenant that that in Psalm 30, verse 5, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. So we could say this, that... Uh, this light affliction which lasts but for a moment because joy is on the other side of that moment. Amen. Amen. Joy is to be the flow that followed the weeping. Joy is to be the flow that follows the circumstance of that moment. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, um, I want to pray for those of you who you say, Pastor Nancy, I hear what you're saying, but... I can identify where I've let some things last longer than they should in the sense of they've troubled me longer than they should. You don't determine how long the devil stays. You determine how it troubles you. Amen. And you can say, well, Pastor Nancy, I've opened the door. I've let some things trouble me. Well, if you gave the devil a place, you can take back that place. Paul says neither give place to the devil. Notice this, he can't take a place. But if we give him a place, we can take back the place we gave him. So those of you who say, Pastor Nancy, would you pray for me? I'm struggling with the moments, the circumstances of my life. You can be free today. I said you can be free today. So those of you who are watching, just reach out your hand toward me and we're going to pray together as an audience, this studio audience, and I'm going to pray and we're going to release our faith. And we say, Satan, you take your hands off God's property. You take your hand off their mind. You take your hand off the circumstances of their life in Jesus' name. Victory is ours. And we release our faith in the victory of God and we say, Father, we receive our victory. It belongs to us right now and we activate it with our faith and we thank you that your power is working on our situation right now in Jesus name. Amen. Well, we've been teaching out of our book, Victory Over Grief and Sorrow. We want you to go to our website at deframeministries.org and you can place your order for that today and we'll get it right out to you. And until next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. In the book, Victory Over Grief and Sorrow, Nancy Dufresne shares from firsthand experience how even death is no match for the mighty force of peace that is available to every believer. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Come join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Ontario, Canada at Promise of Life Church, August 27th through the 31st. 
For more information and to register, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. Come expecting miracles. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.